Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. Jeff, it's been a wet week in the Phillies farm system with weather impacting the teams at all different levels, hasn't it? it it's amazing how this whole summer has been with regard to rain and, and how it impacts the entire farm system because it's not just in a microcosm of what goes on at Reading or, or Clearwater, as we'll find out with uh, our discussion with Spencer Howard, but it's everywhere. So, for example, the Iron Pigs had to loan back Tyler Visa to Reading so that they had a pit, their starting pitcher for game two of their doubleheader the other day. So it, it is amazing how all of this rain is, is impacting and shuffling people around. Well, since we have our interview with Spencer Howard that we uh, did, why don't we talk Clearwater for a few minutes, and then we'll go to that interview and talk about the rest of the season afterwards. What's uh, what's going on down in Clearwater this week? Well, their record right now, as of before the rain delay, was 16-19 and 19 in the second half. And as, as that doesn't sound great, the fact is they're only in fourth place and four and a half games back of first place. So... They're in striking distance, and they're playing better. Uh, the one thing that concerns me from Clearwater is that Ethan Ivanko, who is uh, having himself a season in his last 10 games, he had a 1.49 ERA, but he's now on the seven-day uh, injured list. Well, not sure what's happened there and whether or not that is a long-term issue or just a short-term precautionary thing, but Ethan was having a pretty good season, and it would be great to have him continue in the rotation down in Clearwater. And along with Spencer, who we'll have coming up shortly, Dalton Guthrie has a bright spot for you, Jeff. Yeah, Dalton Guthrie uh, is also the son of some people may remember Mark Guthrie. Um, and he, in his last 10 games, has been on fire. Um, he's batting 357 in those last three ga- those last 10 games, and he's got a homer, and he scored five runs. Uh, and he's had himself a pretty good season, but he certainly has picked it up the second half. Well, the, the man who's getting pretty much all the attention in Clearwater these days is Spencer Howard, the, the hype that surrounds him and the talk wonder of, why could he go someplace, could he move up, is there. Uh, it was good to get a few few words in with him. Any thoughts before we play that interview? Well, the thoughts are just how he has done. I mean, he was on the injured list for a while. His last three games, which are the three games since he's come back from the injured list, and, the, and they're do it, taking it slowly with him as they should, but he's pitched 15 innings. He's given up a total of three hits, no runs. He's had, struck out 18, and he's only walked one batter. So when you sit there and you say, wow, the guy has struck out 18 in 15 innings after just getting back, that may have a wow factor, but to me, the wow factor is is that along with 18 strikeouts, he has one walk. And he's a guy that has amazing accuracy for somebody who throws as hard as he does. And who, uh, and, who we and, talked with, and you'll hear in the interview, is still really learning to be a pitcher. You know, he's he's learning the ins and outs of the game. He's not somebody who grew up in travel ball that, that really knows that all. He's He's getting this all on the fly. Well, and you, and you said the word that, that I like to hear when, when we're talking about these guys, which is he's not a thrower. I mean, pe- people immediately assume that a guy that can throw 99, 100 miles an hour is, is a guy just throws hard, for example, Vince Velasquez. But that's not what he is. He is a pitcher, and he's working hard on those pitches, and he's obviously succeeding 
with the way that he's executing the pitches and the places that he's putting the pitches. Well, let's go to the interview and then we'll talk more about it when we come back. So we are here with Clearwater Threshers pitcher Spencer Howard. Spencer, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, so I need to ask you first. You, you got all ready to play today, and you guys are in a rain delay. What's that like for a yeah. player? How frustrating is that? Um, we go nuts. We're kind of used to it at this point. I feel like almost every day we get delayed a bit now. But uh, for a starting pitcher, it hasn't happened to me personally yet. So I really don't have much to do come game time anyway on my off days. So it doesn't affect me that much, but I could see how if it was happening on the day I was pitching that it would probably mess with routine a bit, I guess. What has this season been like for you? You know, you've, you've overcome injury, come back from that. There's so much hype around you. What's this been like for you a little bit? Um, I think the whole injury thing in the long run is going to be beneficial for me. Uh, I kind of got my arm care routine dialed in with the rehab guys over on the other side and got a better routine, I'll say, um, for in-between starts, keeping my arm healthy. I thought I was doing a pretty decent job of that before, but then I had that setback, so I got that super dialed in. Um, yeah, it's just about finding what works for me. Um, trying to stay the most consistent and stay healthy in between starts. Spencer, last year you talked to us about um, not only mind but also body. Uh, wh- what have you, since we talked to you early last season, what have you learned about both of those things that, that you've changed or adjusted or improved on? Um, this year I've really been trying to hone in my mechanical cues I feel like in the past I would have a new thing every day and I'll be like, oh, this is working for me today. I'll just stick with this one. And then the next day, in order to throw strikes, it would be something different. Um, but I finally, at the beginning of the season, found something that works for me day in, day out. And so it's just about sticking with that and um, focusing on that during the games. And it's better for like pitch to pitch. I used to have different cues, but now it's just one thing, kind of a blanket mechanical cue that helps me with all my pitches. So that definitely helps with consistency, and I guess the mind, too. It just keeps things simple. Well, one of the things that you talked to us about with the mind is that that you were into meditation, and personally, I have to thank you because I actually started after oh, speaking with you, I actually started doing it. It, it, it does work, uh, except I'm not a better pitcher. So, um, <laughs> what have you continued to do that and keep up on it? And, and have your teammates kind of picked up on on that cue? Yes, um, I think this was the first spring training that they started doing optional meditation sessions twice in the morning, one at 6.15, one at 6.45. So I'll try to make those. Um, and then during the season, it's a bit easier to stay on top of it because it's not first thing in the morning. You have a little bit more downtime before your day starts. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been trying to keep up with that. And I think it helps every aspect of life. Just stay in the middle of the road, um, kind of consistent mentally, and then that trickles into athletic performance. 
you took a different path to baseball than other people. I had seen it described as a fresh arm because you played a lot of soccer and volleyball growing up. How did it help you to play mm-hmm. more than one sport now that you've come over to baseball? Has anything you learned from there transferred? Yeah, I've talked about this with a lot of people, actually. I think that if you focus on one movement pattern from super early age, you'll either burn yourself out or be like lack other areas of athleticness. And so I think if I like myself, I played a bunch of sports growing up. And so I got a sense of my body and how, how it's supposed to move. Um, I never really had a pitching coach or like hitting coach or any specific um, activity coach. So my body just kind of figured out how to do it and what works like naturally for me. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of a different way to approach the whole baseball career. And I don't know, it's working out so far. So well, I've got no complaints and the fans don't about what we're getting to see. There's obviously been a lot of hype around this year. And I was, I was reading sort of how you deal with it. And your response was, was simple. It was, you ignore it. You just keep pitching and grinding. How do you actually do that for somebody who doesn't play the game to turn out all that noise? You know, we had, we had talked to Mickey Moniak and he said he recognized that the people who were commenting weren't the decision makers. How challenging mm-hmm. is that for, for somebody like you in your position with all the talk that's going on around you right now? Um, I'm not really on any social media. That'll help. I'm not like in the off season and um, during the season. So, I don't really see much that goes on uh, on like Twitter or Instagram or anything. And I think that, at least for me, is a big thing. I don't necessarily have to worry about it. So I think if you're on there and seeing people uh, talking about you, that that could affect how you play. But if you just don't acknowledge it or don't see it, then it's easy to keep it out of your mind. Is that something that that you learned from your upbringing, to, to, or is that something that you've had to learn as you become a professional baseball player? I think my upbringing definitely has something to do with it. But I remember there was one year in college where I was trying to study for finals, and I was sitting at my desk, and I would almost instinctively just reach for my phone and then I click on Instagram and scroll through pictures that I had already seen like five times before. And that's when it hit me. I was like, Oh, this is pretty destructive. And so I deleted the app. Then I think I still have an account, but I just haven't been on it. I don't know if it automatically deletes or whatever, but yeah, I just deleted the app then and kind of went cold Turkey. All right. Well, a lot of your teammates do have social media, and, and we we always ask uh, pl- players and your teammates what what you do on the long bus rides. I think they're a little less long in, in Clearwater than they were in Lakewood. But you if you're not Lakewood checking your social, rides, though. <laughs> <laughs> but if but if you're if you're not checking your social media account, what does Spencer Howard like to do for fun when he's on those long bus rides? Uh, I think we have a bunch of interest, interesting guys on the team, and so we always find some interesting things to talk about um, between that and listening to music. The, I think our longest one is like three and a half hours maybe. And it flies by. So it's not that difficult to kill time with a well, team like that. Who, who gets to select the music? Um, 
Well, I do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for myself. I don't know. I have become accustomed to the Latin music, and I really enjoy that, too. Probably more than other people, but uh, it's not necessarily what I listen to day in, day out. So you'll, you'll go with whatever is put on there. Um, I, yeah. I did see you talk about how you've, as you've done baseball full time, you've learned to be a pitcher and to learn the ins and outs and that, that you were a thrower, but not a pitcher. Can you talk about for our listeners what the difference is and, and how challenging that's been for you to learn and the success you've started to find? Uh, I think that's the most fun part about pro ball and kind of learning. The more I learn about the game, the more I enjoy it. Uh, before it was just I'd go out and try to throw everything as hard as I could, and if it was near the zone, great. But now it's more about like reading swings and just you can sense what the hitter's looking for and what the hitter's trying to do. Um, and it's kind of a game within the game that I've come to really enjoy. All right. So, did you get a chance to watch the uh, All Star Game this year? I saw the home run derby, but not the actual game. All right, so in the All-Star game this year, they mic'd up some of the players. <laughs> Which, How would you personally like to be mic'd up for, for a game that you're in? And second, who, who on your team would you most want to be mic'd up for fun, and who on your team would you not want to be mic'd up for obvious reasons? <laughs> um, if I was mic'd up, it would probably be pretty boring. I don't do that much on the mound, but in the dugout in between innings, I'll talk a bit. So uh, there could be some good content there. Uh, I think the best person probably in the MLB and MILB as a whole would be Jack Conley. Uh, that guy would probably, you could make a show out of every game that he plays. <laughs> um, and the worst person would probably be, um, I'd say Zach Warren. Just why? He's kind of a, a fireball, so that most of the show would just be bleeps. <laughs> what does a pitcher think? You said you watched the home run derby. What do you think when you watch all those balls fly out? Oh, my God. There's got to be something going on. I mean, <laughs> people shouldn't be hitting balls 120 miles an hour. I can't imagine. And then you're like, oh, I got to go step in the box with him now and, and pitch to him yeah. after that. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Last night, um, O'Neal Cruz hit a ball, I think it was like 113 or 114 straightaway center. And I was just thinking, that's got to be dangerous because if that comes straight at your head, you're not going to, nobody's going to have time to react to that. And it was just kind of a little wow moment for me of like, what happens if that comes straight back at me, you know? It, is it something that, that has crept into your consciousness or something that pitchers routinely talk about now? No, I've actually never heard it talked about. And when you're pitching, um, it doesn't really feel like it's going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's interesting. When I'm pitching, I don't think about it at all. But then when I'm in the dugout, I always think, oh, this guy's going to foul the ball straight in here. And then when it happens, I like sit behind the fence. So it's, I don't know. It's something about being on the mound and competing, thinking that they're not going to barrel you up and hit it straight back at you. That kind of keeps that out of your mind. 
All right. Well, since you're in a rain delay, we'd be remiss about asking you about whether or not there's a, we've talked to some other pitchers who have come up from Lakewood and guys that are now at Reading who say that there is there are some differences pitching in, in Clearwater, mainly that you have to constantly make sure your hands are dry to get a good mm-hmm. grip and that all, and also uh, that the ball doesn't travel as far. Mm-hmm. Are these things that you've noticed and, and is this something that, that is talked about when you get down to Clearwater and the pitchers get talked to about? Yeah, I think the league is difficult um, because there's the extra element of the heat and humidity and trying to throw a slick baseball is near impossible. So there was a pretty big adjustment period. Um, most of mine was when I was over on the rehab side, throwing in like live at bats and PCL uh, games. Um, so thankfully I did that over there and kind of figured out what worked for me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a tough league to pitch in if you don't stay on top of that. And then having day games too, it's damn near inhumane. Yeah, I can't imagine pitching in that weather. You mentioned your, you know, pitching and your pitchers. You you have four pitches. Do you have a favorite that you that you throw? Um, I really enjoy throwing changeups, and then I've started to have a more consistent curveball, and so throwing off fastballs with those two has been pretty enjoyable this year. Why, why the changeup? Is there the way batters handle it? Uh, yeah. Um, if you throw it well, I think this goes for everyone, and it looks like a fastball, then you'll get some pretty ugly swings on it. And every time someone's swinging this, it's a little victory. So I think that's a fun thing to do. Do you ever have, when, when, when you strike someone out on a, on a pitch like that, I know you're, you're proud of it, but do you ever have, or have you had any batters that actually give you a wink or, or a nod and acknowledge that it was a good pitch? I struck out one guy, I forget his name, but it was a Latin player on a changeup in my last uh, appearance. And when I got back into the dugout, Duran told me that he said, what a changeup, <laughs> but in, in Spanish. So that was pretty fun. I guess that's the closest I've been to getting a wink. All right. Well, Spencer, before we let you go back to your, your rain delay, uh, is there any chance that Marty Malloy is going to go out there and slide on the tarp? Um, God, I wish I could see it. And I think it would be a great morale booster for everyone. <laughs> but Look, we're not, I think that's just about the slimmest chance on earth. We're not. There, All right. Well, so can, you, can you ask him just in case? And if it happens. And Rob, and, and, and Rob can you, could you, could you videotape it if he does? Yeah, videos and pictures if it didn't happens, happen. Uh, I'm posting it everywhere if yeah, that happens. The world needs to see it. <laughs> that guy, yeah, I would love to see something like that. But it's not the, uh, the Palm Beach manager was out here during a rain delay a uh, couple games ago in his uh, towel and slides on <laughs> out on the feet. So that was Yeah, I don't even State. I don't even think you're going to get that out of Marty, but uh, right? <laughs> we'll look for the Twitter feed to see if it happens. But uh, All right. <laughs> we wish you continued success coming through the system and I uh, hope to catch up with you again soon in the future. Thank you so much. I'm good. Jeff, I feel like a broken record. Every week I talk about how I'm continually struck by the poise of the players in this system. And Spencer Howard is no different. You can hear the maturity, whether you're talking about his mental preparation through meditation his physical preparation in terms of learning to be a pitcher, 
his attitude towards this all about the hype surrounding him. He's somebody who, if you're a team looking to make a move with the Phillies, you're crazy if you don't ask for him. And if you're the Phillies, you better have the right deal to give that guy up. You know, last last year he was somebody we identified and we did in our, our year-end uh, top Phillies prospects as, as a guy that we focused on being a, a guy that was going to be a star up here. And, you know, they always say prospects are prospects until you get to the majors and prove yourself. But there's certain guys you just kind of look at and you talk to and you say, this guy's going to be successful. And I truly believe that he's one of those guys that's going to be successful because of everything about him and how well-rounded he is as a person, not just as a pitcher. And that, that helps you as, as a pitcher and in your career. So, you know, one of the things we talked to, we talked to Tim Tebow about it last year. We talked to some other people about, you know, being well-rounded even from a child. And the fact that he did play, you know, you asked him about the different sports that he played as a kid, and, and he discussed how important it was to, to do it that way and not be, you know, focused on just one thing as a child. That continues, and his well-roundedness continues as an adult and as a professional. And I think that that's going to be something that serves him well going as, as he continues to move up the ladder. And quite frankly, I, I would be surprised if we don't see him, you know, in mid-August up with Redding to, to kind of test his mettle to see how he'll do. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that as well. Uh, I definitely enjoyed getting to talk to him, look forward to following him as he hopefully moves through the system. You want to start at Lehigh Valley and work our way back down, or we want to talk about that? Sure, let, let, let's give it a go. Uh, the Iron Pigs are, are now 48-51. and 51. They're tied for fourth, uh, nine games back. Um, it's been a struggle the second half of the season for them, and I think a lot of that is more related to the, the pitching not being what they had intended, and the Phillies you know, calling up the guys that have been successful. Uh, but there, there certainly are bright spots um, on the hitting side. Davey Gruyon can, just continues to hit uh, his last 10 games. He's batted 275 with a couple homers and 11 RBIs. And on the season, he's batting an even 376 games with 13 homers and 56 RBIs and an OPS of 857. And, and John Hernandez still having a good season there at Lehigh Valley? Uh, I think he's having a great season. I mean, he's still, he he was sidelined for a little bit, but despite that, he's played 59 games. He's got 12 homers, 44 RBIs. He's got 249, and he's got a 799 OPS. In his last 10 games, he's done even better. He's hitting 324, two homers, nine RBIs. He went three for three on uh, Tuesday night. Um, he still is a guy that I think the Phillies think can – can do damage in the major leagues. I and mean, he's a dead red fastball hitter. Uh, so it'll just be interesting to see if they can find room for him or whether or not as the trade deadline approaches, he might be a guy that uh, gets an opportunity elsewhere. Whether it's he or Davey or Austin Listy or Derek Hall, I feel like I'm always getting a notification every time I turn around of another home run with this team, Jeff. Well, especially with Derek Hall. I mean, when we get to Reddy, we can talk about him a little bit more. But uh, I, I just I keep waiting for him to be up with the Iron Pigs, and I just think that that's got to come soon, real soon. Well, let's let's uh, before we get to Reading because we'll lead into their game later. Let's go uh, down a bit. Let's talk to Lakewood a little bit. Eleven and nineteen in the second half. Record isn't there, but tell me about some bright spots. Well, 
the draft is now, what, a month and a half ago, and McCarthy Tatum, who was the Phillies' 10th-round pick this year from Fresno State, he's an infielder, has had a pretty good last 10 games. He's batting 278, two homers, six RBIs. Um, the one thing that concerns me is that he, strike, he has struck out a bit too much, 16 strikeouts in his last 36 ABs. But um, the fact that McCarthy Tatum is, is up at Lakewood and that they're challenging him in that, they, they moved him up from, you know, he started at uh, Clearwater, played a couple weeks there, and now they're challenging him. And he seems to be, so far, doing well with the challenge. The other guy, for me, that, that I'm looking at with regard to Lakewood is Victor Santos, who he, he's just a young and He turns 19 on July 12th. How's, so that, how's that, that make, you, how's that make real, you feel, Jeff? <laughs> I don't need to feel old. I am old. It's, it's <laughs> but, but thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. Um, but, but Lakewood is not someplace where you have a lot of 19-year-olds. Um, he's clearly one of the youngest guys in the league. His last 10, he is 2-3, and three, 2.83 ERA, 41 in the third inning, 32 strikeouts. And this is another promising thing for me. He's only walked five in those 41-plus innings. Um, especially for a guy that young to be, have that kind of accuracy is something that you want to continue seeing. And, and even on the season, if you go back farther, he's pitched in 19 games. He's 4-7, and 3.36 ERA, 76, 77 and two-thirds innings pitched, 66 strikeouts and only 11 walks. I'll take a 6-1 to one strikeout to, to ball, uh, walk ratio anytime. All right, well, we've only got two and a half minutes left, so I'm going to save the catchers in Williamsport for next week, and we'll get a right. deeper recap of them next week. Take me to Reading and tell me what's going on as we lead into tonight's game. Well, the one thing that I want people to just focus on, and we talked to Greg Caserta about this a few weeks ago, is that Reading continues to push the envelope as far as development, young players. And I went back and looked at the ages, and if you look at the current outfield for Reading, they are by far the youngest outfield in the league. At the beginning of the season, Moniak was the fourth youngest player in the league. Josh Steffen was the eighth youngest, and Cornelius Randolph was the ninth. And, and just so you know, two nights ago, Randolph actually uh, went three for three with a home run and seems to be heating up. Uh, meanwhile, they also have Alec Bohm. And Alec Bohm, who everybody wants to know about and everybody's talking about, just continues to live up to the hype. In his last 10, he's got three homers. Eight RBIs, and if you look at his cross-section this season from three levels, he's played 129 games already, 488 uh, at-bats. He's got 30 doubles, six triples, which is pretty impressive, 14 home runs, 75 RBIs, 298 average, and an 845 OPS. That is rather impressive for somebody moving through the system fast. Mickey Moniak, too, leading the Eastern League in triples with 10. The next most is only six. He's also got five doubles, top 10 in runs scored, 12 stolen bases. Is that what you expected to see out of him? Yeah, well, you know, for a long time I've said, look, if, if Mickey Moniak's going to be successful in the major leagues, people have to change their expectation of a number one pick. He is the traditional fast center fielder. He is a plus defender at center field, and he clearly has the speed. I mean, having 10 triples at this point in the season and being four ahead of anybody in, in the Eastern League is pretty impressive. And he's in the top five in doubles, top 10 runs scored. He's got 12 stolen bases. He's having himself a season, and he's having it at a, at a young age. And I can't stress enough 
how important that young age is to development. That's going to be your last word for this week, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Now we hand it over to Greg Caserta and Kirsten Carbach as they take you up to first pitch for the Fightins here on 610 ESPN. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the ball game.